DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with the Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Father Mauritius, thank you for joining us again. Thank you. Talk to us about community life. How does the rule of St. Benedict and monastic life, how can it help us today live out in the world? Mm-hmm. First of all, a monastery is always a community of monks, of nuns. So St. Benedict describes this in his very first chapter of the rule. It is titled, The Kinds of Monks. And I may read it out to you. There are clearly four kinds of monks. First, they are the Cenobites, that is to say, those who belong to a monastery where they serve under a rule and an abbot. Second, there are the Anchorites, or the Hermits, who have come through the test of living in a monastery for a long time, and have passed beyond the first fervor of monastic life. Thanks to the help and guidance of many, they are now trained to fight against the devil. They have built up their strength and go from the battle line in the ranks of their brothers to the single combat of the desert. Self-reliant now, without the support of another, they are ready, with God's help, to grapple single-handed with the vices of body and mind. Third, there are the Sarabites, the most detestable kind of monks, who with no experience to guide them, no rule to try them as gold is tried in a furnace, have a character as soft as lead. Still loyal to the world by their actions, they clearly lie to God with their tonsure. Two or three together, or even alone, without a shepherd, they pen themselves up in their own sheepfolds, not the Lord's. Their law is what they like to do, whatever strikes their fancy. Anything they believe in and choose, they call holy. Anything they dislike, they consider forbidden. Fourth and finally, they are the monks called gyrovags who spent their entire lives drifting from region to region, staying as guests for three or four days in different monasteries. Always on the move, they never settle down and are slaves of their own wills and appetites. In every way, they are worse than Sarabites. It is better to keep silent than to speak of all these and their disgraceful way of life. Let us pass them by, then, and with the help of the Lord, proceed 
to draw up a plan for the strong kind, the Cenobites. So what we learn here is that the monks who live in a monastery, according to St. Benedict, are called Cenobites. So these are monks who live in community. The term monk derives from Greek monachos, and that means alone, single, by themselves. So a monk actually is somebody who lives alone. But the Benedictines, the Trappists, the Cistercians, they are monks who live not totally alone, they live together in communities, in so-called monasteries. The goal of this monastic life is to become finally, or at least to become able to become a hermit. Somebody who lives really alone in the desert, wherever, just by himself. But St. Benedict says, first, very few people actually are able to do this, to start out as a hermit, to start out just by themselves. So this is really a call, a charism that is given from God very, very seldom. So you don't find many people. Um, a problem is also you, you cannot find them because they are hiding. <laughs> Ideally, yes. <laughs> Ideally. Yeah. <laughs> Some know how to marketing themselves too. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> But uh, anyway, the rule of St. Benedict focuses on the Cenobites, which are monks who live in community. So for Benedictines, community life is very important. It is not the goal of monastic life, but it is an important means to become holy and to become a good Christian and to learn how much God loves us. So it is not necessarily a elevation to become an anchorite if the Cenobite lives a lifetime in that state. It's not as though something had not been achieved. Absolutely. I think we can say this for all, all um, life, ways of life that are blessed by the Church. So there is no ranking. What is better, a monk or a priest? or a husband, or a wife, I think there is no really, we shouldn't uh, judge one higher as the other, I would say at least. Um, and the same is true. If God calls you to be a hermit, then that is your call. If he calls you to be a Cenobite, then that is your call. And you may move on sometime Uh, but this is not the, not so often the case. Actually, uh, as far as I see the history in the 50s, 60s, 70s of the last century, <laughs> that was kind of a trend to live as a hermit. And, and even many Cenobites, many monks, um, not left their monasteries, but moved a little bit away Uh, in, into their little hermitages and were living there uh, in order to to have a more challenging life. <laughs> But just recently an abbot who witnessed this uh, this time shared with me, he said, you know, mostly those monks went off the monastery or tried 
to live as a hermit who had really difficulties to stay in the community and to live the community life. So I would say just when you are a Cenobite, Cenobite just stay as it, it, it has enough challenges and other than God calls you to be a hermit. Today, uh, times have changed and <laughs> because we don't experience community life so much anymore, because our families really struggle to keep up a good community life because of the circumstances, it is not easy nowadays for all of us to live and to stay in a community. So this is for me at least, and for others too, this is challenge enough. <laughs> I, I'm not striving for being a hermit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's enough just to, to stay together. Is there not an adage about rocks coming together and tumbling with one another and that can be a, used to describe the activity within a healthy monastic community? Sometimes I think that living in a community is, as you said, to be like diamonds. When we start out, we are all, we are all raw diamonds. So we are not cut then. And as we live together, <laughs> we really help one another to a, that the beauty really can appear. But this is a, this is a difficult process. <laughs> it, uh, that really means that we, we not only touch one another, we sometimes cut and beat and uh, live together. But if we succeed in doing so together with Christ, together with God, he will bring out our beauty make us beautiful. But let us also focus on the beauty of community life before we come to the difficulties. <laughs> what does community give us? It gives me a home. I'm at home. I have a home. It gives me security. I feel secure. I feel protected. It gives me joy. We laugh a lot. <laughs> we joke. It gives me identity. I know who I am. We are together, have one mission that gives me identity. It helps me, as a religious, to live easier the life of poverty, chastity and obedience. It's much easier to do this together than to be by yourself. And finally, you are not alone. There's always somebody there. So if something happens during the day or at night, whenever there is somebody next to you in the next cell, in the next room, you can knock on his door and ask for help or ask for an ear that he might listen to you. So this all is really encouraging and helpful for our lives. This is why we, why we chose um, community life, monastic life. So this is the beauty. Mm. And we kind of alluded to the challenges. <laughs> mm -hmm, right. Uh, before I go there, uh, I, I have found a comparison to describe what a monastic community is. 
So it is kind of a support group. So similar to when uh, the alcoholics meet because they have a problem, they all have the same problem, and in sharing about this problem, they they help one another and support one another. And so in kind of similar it is with monks. The monks have caught the guard bug. <laughs> you know, they are infected. They have a kind of illness. And this is really what you feel when you become a monk. You think, when you, when you deeply go into religious life, into spiritual life, sometimes you, f you find yourself so estranged from other people in the society. You think, am I crazy what I'm believing? Am I crazy what I'm sensing? I must be crazy. And then you meet other people who are similarly crazy, who have the very same problem <laughs> you have. They are infected by God, by, by his love. And it is just easier to live together with them and to have others who have the same, quote, problem, because you don't have to justify yourself all the time. You can, I love God, I want to have more time to pray. Yes, me too, let's do it together. It's easier if you have somebody who has a similar problem, so to speak. And so in this regard, we are, the monks are not the heroes. The monks are the very weak people who, who know they need others in order to pursue the religious life. The monastic community is a support group. We'll return in just a moment to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict. A spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. Glorious St. Benedict, sublime model of virtue, pure vessel of God's grace, behold me humbly kneeling at your feet. I implore you in your loving kindness to pray for me before the throne of God. To you I have recourse in the dangers that daily surround me. Shield me against my selfishness and my indifference to God and to my neighbor. Inspire me to imitate you in all things. May your blessing be with me always, so that I may see and serve Christ in others and work for his kingdom. Graciously obtain for me from God those favors and graces which I need so much in the trials, miseries, and afflictions of life. Your heart was always full of love, compassion, and mercy toward those who were afflicted or troubled in any way. You never dismissed without consolation and assistance anyone who had recourse to you. I therefore invoke your powerful intercession, confident in the hope that you will hear my prayers 
and obtain for me the special grace and favor I earnestly implore. Help me, great Saint Benedict, to live and die as a faithful child of God, to run in the sweetness of His loving will, and to attain the eternal happiness of heaven. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. You had spoke to us before about in those early days, there would be those who would go out into the desert and what they would find there is that the demons they thought they were escaping from their surroundings and going into this desert, that they actually remained in a very real way in them. So coming to the monastery, you actually have to deal with those things that are um, challenging you to, uh, to not only to sin, but all the, to, the challenge of listening to lies that will mislead you in living, but then you're surrounded by all these other people, as you've termed it, in the support group that are going through the same thing. Right. And uh, so in case you do not see your weaknesses, the other will tell you. Mm, sounds like marriage. <laughs> they tell you. <laughs> sounds like a family. Sounds like marriage. Yep. And we are grateful for that. We are grateful because the others help us to improve. They help us to grow. We can be so grateful that they stay with us, that they have vowed to stay with us against stability because they are so humble that they say, okay, I stay with you, guy, until death to help you too to become a, not only a better monk, to become a better person, to become a better Christian. So they are our mirrors. Our, our confess, our brothers. We need them. Uh, it's always an interesting experience, for example, to preach in front of a monastic community. You cannot lie. You cannot make up anything. They know you. <laughs> they know you. So that really helps to ground your sermon and to be humble and to teach only what you can say. And because they know about your weakness. and um, But again, 
it it is a support it's a support it's not easy but it's a support it sounds like a boot camp for the virtues that the fruit of it ultimately is a life of virtue it or maybe a journey towards a life of virtue maybe that's a better way of describing it right it is interesting that saint benedict closes his rule with the sentence that God may lead us all together to heaven, to the kingdom of God. So he says, all together. It's interesting. It sounds like nobody's left behind. Yeah? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh, we are responsible for one another. So if your brother still has problems to come grow closer to God, help him. So because heaven means that we are all together with God. So mm, this is what we should try to do. We mentioned Catholic social teaching, and in particular, two principles that are a standout, solidarity and subsidiarity. And that really, if you want to see what it looks like in the microcosm, you take a look at the monastery. Subsidiarity is very important for monks. For example, Benedict says, no brother should defend another brother uh, in front of the abbot. So saying, oh, so kind of excuse him. No, everybody has to speak for himself. So St. Benedict trusts that everybody is mature enough, adult enough, to speak for his cause. So there is no matter to defend another. The monastery in itself as a whole is also meant to be autonomous and self-sufficient. So it is set up in a way that it can exist, exist by itself. It's, a monastery has to, to work for its own income. The monks have to work for their lives. And even canonically, from the perspective of church law, we have a certain independence in the monasteries. We are exempt. So subsidiarity is very important for monasteries. It's part of our life. And it all, is, all goes back to be a monk, and that means to stand alone. To stand alone. You stand alone in front of God. Nobody will be on your at your place. You have to answer his call. Nobody else can do this. On the other hand, and now we come to solidarity, let me share with you a beautiful image that our brother monks in Togo, West Africa, use. They have put up a sieve in their community room, and they tell each other the story that if each member of the community keeps one hole shut with one of their fingers, you can even keep water in a sieve. So if, if however, one or even a few retract their fingers, the water would run out. That means the strength of the community would run out, little by little, even if others keep their holes shut. It's a beautiful image. So a community can cause miracles. To keep water in a sieve is a miracle. <laughs> but this is what communities can do. 
It's amazing what a community can accomplish, what a single person, an individual, never can accomplish. So if everybody contributes, it works. But if a few just cease to be, uh, in this sense, solidaric, or to, to, to exercise this solidarity, that harms the whole community. So this is the other part. Everybody stands, has to stand on his own feet, and at the same time we are dependent from one another. We need one, one another. This is the illusion of a monk, that he could live just by himself. No, he needs others. Everybody needs others, as long as we are human beings. We need one another. God has not created one person. God has created so many people. We need one another. We have to serve one another. Yet it, in a way, doesn't it, Father, mirror the Trinity in that it is a Trinity of relationship. In the letters of John, God is described as love. Who is he? God is love. And love by it, its very nature needs to be shared. Otherwise, it's mm -hmm. just a word. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has to be expressed mm -hmm. out. Exactly. And the Lord has call, called forth a church. That means a community. The kingdom of God is a community. And as John says, you, you mentioned uh, the evangelist John, you cannot love God whom you, know, whom you don't see if you don't love your brother and your sister whom you see. And so the community is the test if you really lead a religious life or if you just make it up. This is, this is how we help one another as monks. Yes, I'm recalling again a, a, something the Father said to St. Catherine of Siena in the Dialogues, that I love you so much and I give you so much that, and I'm the perfect good. There's no way you can love me in return, equal measure. But what you can do is love your neighbor. That's how you can love me and closely to what, how I love you, is by loving that neighbor. Right. And if you, if you find a community where you can see this love, that is a wonderful witness to the world, I guess maybe the strongest witness, see how they love one another. That shows something from God really pictures God if you see a loving community. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Vildi. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi.